0: All right, so some things for this third and final hour. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. Nice to have you here. I am in SoCal. I am live. I've got an ATP coming up later on this hour. So go ahead. Feel free. Hit me up with the first Ask the Pros question of 2024. Got a podcast with Kurt Warner coming up after the program. We'll push that out. Episode 295 of the Jim Rome podcast. I did promise you open phones. A phone segment last segment. I did not make good on that. I'll make good on that right now. one eight hundred six 636 Let's start in Pennsylvania. Brian, great to have you. Brian, what's going on?
1: Hey, Jim, how are you? hope you're having a good New Year.
0: I am. How about you?
1: I'm doing great. Hey, I was calling about a response about the comment earlier about the complaining Bills fans. Yes. Um, I thought I could offer some clarity on that. Um, I'm of the thinking there are two kinds of Bills fans. Uh, Those who lived through the 20 years of Brady and uh, the the newer Bills fans who don't really have the perspective of all those years and don't know to be thankful.
0: I think, well, there may be something to that, Brian. Thanks. The guy who did call was 77. So I think he lived through everything. (laughs) I think that he was a Bills fan before the Bills fans existed or the Bills team existed. All right, so if you've got some Johnny-come-latelys, you've got some younger fans, so be it. But the thing about that is, even if you've got younger Bills fans, and I'm not there, it seems to me the Bills mafia, this is a generational thing. It's handed down. It's handed down. I almost feel like it's part of the curriculum. I almost feel like they teach it in elementary school. This is what it means to be a Bills fan. This is what it's like to be a Bills fan. I mean, for so long, when they were so bad— And for so long when they were so good. But for so long when they were so bad, they continued to represent no matter what. But like anything else, when you get accustomed to success and you come this close and you know every year this is the year and then the bottom falls out the way it did this year, they're going to lose their minds. Even the most loyal fans will lose their minds. So I don't know that there's two sets. Maybe the new fans don't know, but I still would suggest that it's handed down from generation to generation. They're taught what it means to be a member of the mafia. Different fan base. I know this, and I'll own this. I thought they were dead. I thought they were dead in the water when they were 500. I thought their season was over. I thought a lot of the criticism of Sean McDermott was fair. I thought that they might have to make a coaching change. I mean, I'm going to own all this. And this is how wacky this season has been. This is how weird it's been week to week. I can't say how many times I've said, that team. That team is a team to beat. As long as I'm in the business of owning things, I was one of those people who said, you know what? You know who might end up with the one seed in the AFC? Jacksonville. (laughs) I mean, sorry to say, but how comedic is that? Jacksonville could end up with the one seed. But when I said it, it made sense. It was legit. For a while, it looked like Miami was the one to beat. For a while, it looked like Baltimore was the one to beat. We all kept waiting on Kansas City. I mean, it is a crazy year. As I mentioned earlier, the Bills could go in as the two seed or the Bills could miss altogether, depending on what goes down this weekend. Hey, and let's not forget about the Browns. You want to talk about a dangerous team. You want to talk about a dangerous team right now. I'd even go as far as to say, I can make an argument that if the Bills get in, they're the ones to beat. I can make an argument that if the Browns get in and will, they're the ones to beat in the AFC. I'm going to start with the Ravens, based on what they did in the Niners and Miami. I think right now, Baltimore is the most complete team in the NFL, especially if they're healthy. But man, I would not want to see the Browns. Not the way Joe Flacco is playing and not the way they are defensively. And I wouldn't want to see the Bills either. On the flip side, if I'm in the NFC, I really want to see Philadelphia. And I don't mind seeing Dallas. Dallas to me is not a contender for it all. You know how I know that? It seems like Dallas is very content in just getting to the NFC championship game. Like, because they can't even do that, they haven't done that in decades. But that would be good enough for them. That's the vibe I'm getting from them. And I don't think they're good enough to get there. It's been a wild, wild season. All right, so that guy's tried to explain to me that there are two sets of Bills fans. I don't think. I, I think there was one set that was really unhappy with the way this season was playing out, given that they knew this was their year. But the incredible thing is, it might still be their year. That's what's wild to me. It might still be their year. Let's go to Cleveland. Jeff in C-Town. Hey, Jeff, how are you?
1: Hey, Happy New Year, Romy. I wish you and your family a blessed and prosperous 2024. You too. And to your point, uh, no disrespect to the Bills Mafia. You know, we both sit on Lake Erie, but, you know, we've got a team here, as you said, with a hot quarterback, with uh, a likely coach of the year, with a Defensive Player of the Year candidate and uh, the number one defense uh, in the NFL right now, who, by the way, everybody's glossing San Francisco and Baltimore, but the only team in the NFL to defeat San Francisco and Baltimore is right, you guessed it, the Cleveland Browns. So I don't think anybody wants to play the Browns this year. You know, I'm trying not to get my hopes up too high because, you know, I saw the drive, the fumble, and all the other nightmares but it's hard to it's hard to uh, temper optimism here when I see what's going on with this team right now. That's it for me. Again, happy New Year, War Marconi. Because without him, I wouldn't be able to listen to you right now. I'm out.
0: My man, Rackham. Oh yeah, Jeff. You know what, dude? Give into it. I know Rakim. you're scarred. I know you've had your heart ripped out of your chest so many times. I know you've lived through the worst football times ever. Go ahead, man. Give into it. Enjoy it. You might be the ones. Cleveland could win it all. They're that good. I mean, seriously, Joe Flacco, Flacco, honestly, is playing some of his best ball ever. Ever. I'm not saying he's like a hot quarterback right now. I'm saying Joe Flacco is playing some of his best football. Of his entire career. Joe Flacco doing... is playing some of his best ball since he won a ring. It's incredible. I mean, we knew it was a fit. We knew there was a system. Steve Smith walked me through that whole thing, remember? But this guy, it's incredible. We knew their defense was tremendous. And we've seen resiliency. Stefanski's another one, right? Like Sean McDermott, you're getting ready to run this guy out of town. And all of a sudden, now he's coach of the year again. You're right. If you're anybody else, that's not a team you want to see in the postseason. And how amazing a story would that be? After they did what they did to bring in the creep, and he goes down, and their season's over, over, you lost your star running back, you lost your guaranteed multi-hundred-million-dollar quarterback, It was done. Could you imagine if you scrape Joe Flacco off the heap and this guy shows up? What if he's the one to get it done? Not Deshaun Watson, Joe Flacco, who the Jets wanted nothing to do with. I will. I'm going to. It'd be an amazing story. It really would. I wouldn't go far enough to say once again that the Browns were America's team the way I was saying for years. But man, that would be an insane story. And I'm telling you, they, they could do it. Flacco is playing that well. Keep pushing that ball down the field, Joseph. Keep calling this show and pretending to be you, Joseph. I will. I'm going to. Honestly, I'm not saying that for a fact. He has not looked this good since he was on a Super Bowl run. He looks that good right now. He's playing that well right now. They're that dangerous right now. They're a threat. You don't want to see them. Not right now, you don't. Open phones in this segment. Just rolling telephone calls. Let's go to Detroit. I know they want some. Dave in the D. What's going on, Dave? How are you?
1: Jim, I've been better. Man, for the last 72 or whatever hours it is, I cannot get over the fact that we had our victory ripped away. One second, I'm as happy as I've ever been in my life. The next minute, my wife is telling me, we lost the game. We lost the game. 68 didn't report. Jim, officials should not be able to make up BS like that. I missed your show yesterday, so can you please help me calm down, man? And if anybody doesn't want to play Detroit, uh I understand that because, man, they, they want revenge for what happened.
0: Now I feel you, my man. Happy New Year. Listen, Dave, as you probably know, there is a 72-hour rule. Actually, it's a 24-hour rule. In your case, I'll make an exception. There's a 72-hour rule. You can stay bent and pissed for 72 hours about how you got jammed. And I would agree with you. You got jammed. You got to turn the page, dude. You got to turn the page. It's all still in front of you. That game cost you. It didn't wreck you. It didn't knock you out of the postseason. It didn't destroy you. I'm not saying it didn't cost you because it did. But everything that you want, all your goals, and anybody on that team would tell you this right now, everything is still right there in front of you. And knowing Dan Campbell, the way I know Dan Campbell, he's going to use this as fuel. He's going to turn the whole thing on its head. And get everybody gassed up and juiced up. But make no mistake, you did get jammed. Now, I will say one thing. Since you missed the show yesterday, I made that point. You got screwed. The ref show is still the worst show on the air. It's almost like they go out there and they hit the field thinking, everybody's tuning in to see us. Ref drama. It's like some weird hot take show. It's the ref show. The ref drama. None of us want to see that. We're sick of it. We do not want to be talking about the refs 72 hours after they made a terrible call. We don't want that. In case you missed it, Dave, cover your ears. Let's reset this one more time. A two-point conversion for the lead with 23 seconds. Goff ducks in under center. Couple of tight ends. Fake the handoff. Goff throws back left and it is caught. For the two point conversion, the Lions have the lead as Taylor Decker, the left tackle, apparently
1: eligible on the play, brings it in. There is a flag down at the six yard line. It was illegal touching by number 68. <laughs> so Taylor Decker ever reported as eligible?
0: I'm not going to pile on and say that's one of the most Lions things ever. Sixth because the culture has changed, which brings me to the point, Dave. When you say to me, what am I supposed to do, Jim? It's 72 hours later. I'm still beside myself. Here's what you should do. You should do what Dan Campbell is doing, because as much as you love that team, as much as you care about that team, I don't think you want that team more to, to win more than Dan Campbell does. Campbell has an approach. He's going to take that same fury, but he is going to channel it. I've got controlled fury and, uh, I'm ready to go. I am, I'm
1: absolutely ready to go. I don't go the other way. So, and the team won't either. Uh, we're on a mission and, uh, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to feel sorry for ourselves and wallowing everything. We had plays to make, we didn't make them. And, uh, it's a tight game, a good opponent playoff type atmosphere. And you got to make that, that one extra play that we didn't. And, uh, So we will use this as fuel. I got pure octane right now. I woke up. I'm ready. So we're moving forward.
0: That's the attitude right there. That's the attitude for life. Because in life, not to get all preachy with any of you, but we've all had that happen, right? Take the football analogy of that and compare it to life. At some point in your life, probably yesterday, probably today, probably tomorrow, you thought you had a big win only to find out that you didn't declare yourself eligible and somebody ripped it from you. His point is, I'm not playing the victim card. I'm not going to sit around here and say, oh, woe is me. Quote, I'm not going the other way. I now have controlled fury. I now have fuel. I now have high octane fuel, rocket fuel. Dave, my dude, I know you've heard him. I know you've seen him. You know that's the message. Controlled fury. So when you say to me, what am I supposed to do, Jim? That? Turn the page. Get over it. You got jammed. The refs, that's what they do. That's what the ref show is about. Jamming people. Shouldn't have happened, but it did. Doesn't matter. Everything is still right in front of you, my man. All right, so you've played that victim card about 70 hours too long. Control your fury, dude. Control fury. Don't be a victim. Don't go the other way. Keep moving. Still all there in front of you. And I think he's going to turn that into a positive. It's not a positive, but he'll turn it into a positive. I like it. All right, so this is good. Now I've heard from Bill's fan. I've heard from Brown's fan. I've heard from Lions fan. I've heard from Eagle fan. Or I haven't heard from Eagle fan. A.J. Brown spoke this morning. I had these thoughts about A.J. Brown. Why is this all coming down on him? Why are so many people saying, hey, man, you got to be a better leader. Hey, man, that body language is not helping. To which I would respond, hey, man, he's not the problem. Probably could have better energy in terms of positivity, but he's not the reason your season is ripping apart. Look at his numbers. You want to know why your season is ripping apart? Look at the other side of the ball. However, it was bad enough that he had to address it, and he did. So we'll get into that too. Take a break. Rolling telephone calls. I like it. I'm looking for your ATPs too, if you don't mind. Hit me up with an ATP. It's never too soon to look ahead to the Natty. Michigan, Washington. Monday night. Haven't checked the latest line. It opened at four and a half. I actually saw it go to five. Hey, if you like the Huskies, that's a lot of value, if you ask me. I actually love them plus five, if you can get it. Don't go anywhere, phone calls, and more when we come back. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. So, once we get it done, Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. You want to call or click Granger.com or stop on by. All right, so why don't we go to the Eagles now? I know the season has jumped off the rails for Philadelphia. I know things are weird right now in Philly. Not the good kind of weird. Like, normally, weird is good. I like weird. This is different. This is the kind of weird that leads to bizarre narratives. You know, like this idea that A.J. Brown is somehow the problem. Or A.J. Brown is one of the big problems. Listen, they've got problems. Nobody's denying that. They've got big problems. Multiple serious problems. Nobody's denying that. A.J. Brown, however, is nowhere near the top of that list. If he's even on the list at all. He must be, or he wouldn't be speaking to the media today. But to me, I don't get that. Yes, he's pissed off. Yes, he's pretty open about that. Because of course he is. Who in Philadelphia isn't pissed off right now? And I don't even mean who on the Eagles isn't mad right now. I mean, who in the city of Philadelphia isn't mad right now about the way that team is playing? Of course, AJ has been the most vocal and open about his displeasure, and yes, he probably could have a better attitude and maybe show a little more composure on the sidelines, but the dude with 105 receptions and 1,400-plus yards is not the problem with this team right now, and I understand that he did not speak with the media after the debacle against the Cardinals this week. Not the most stand-up thing. However, maybe he didn't speak to the media because he had nothing to say. At least nothing positive. But, if you don't want to take my word for it, like I always say, you can go to a more direct source. Take it from the guy himself. Because today, A.J. Brown did have something to say. This was today. Because, to me, honestly, because
1: I felt like I was doing the right thing. You know, I was doing the right thing as a captain. And... uh, by not by not compounding the negative with the negative, like we're going through tough times, so uh, I don't want to continue to be negative. And you know, um, and it took me it took me a couple of days to realize, like I, my, my teammates are answering questions on my behalf. You know, I can speak for myself.
0: I'm a man. All right, so that that's a fair point. I didn't personally need to hear from him today, but as much as he's respected, no matter who you are, you know what teammates hate answering questions about another teammate when that teammate can answer questions. He knows that. You know, I can speak for myself. I'm a man. You can, but you didn't. But I understand why you didn't. You thought you were doing the right thing. You knew you were going to say something that you regretted, and you didn't want to make it worse. So that's why you didn't do it. But since you didn't do it, then the media ran to your teammates and said, what's up with AJ? But to me, that's neither here nor there. He's not the problem. Right? Nothing he could or would say was going to do anything to help this utterly bleeped up team get back on the rails. You know, he could give you some, we'll be fine, we'll be good, that's unfortunate. Or he could tell you the way he really felt in that moment, but he knew better of it. So that's why he had nothing to say. Because he knew that he'd be getting a gas can on that fire. Because that's what it is. That house is burning down right now. He didn't want to try to put that fire out with gasoline. Philly fan, I know you know your ball, but it doesn't take some sort of football guru to understand that A.J. Brown is not the problem. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know why he's so angry. It doesn't take a beautiful mind to figure out that it's the defense that is the main problem. Considering the fact that they can't stop anybody or even slow anybody down or make a stop when they need it or get the hell off the field. The defense is the main problem. And we know the coaching staff doesn't have any solutions. That's your other main problem. The main problem is you've got a lot of problems. And then secondarily, the coaching staff has no solutions. They're your problems. As an example, we know the coaching staff doesn't have any solutions because their idea of a solution was handing over the reins of that defense to Matthew, the Ticonderoga Patricia, and as I said when that went down, if the pencil is your solution, then you have no solution. I think the Eagles' logic was, I mean, hell, how could it get any worse? Well, it got worse. You just saw how it could get worse. You know how you can make it worse? Put the pencil in charge. Those are all major, major issues right now. AJ, And his 105 receptions and 1,400-plus yards receiving is not one of the problems. His gaudy stats. But poor body language is not the reason your season is now that big, nasty growler floating in the toilet that you continue to try to flush and move on only to see it float right back up to the surface. You take
1: a deuce. You don't, you don't sit there and look at it. You flush it and move on. We're going to flush
0: it and move on. In theory, the problem is you did take you a deuce. And maybe you don't want to look at it. And maybe you did try to flush it and move on. But that deuce keeps floating right back up to the surface, doesn't it? Yeah, earlier in the week, I know there was an anonymous teammate... That had a quote in the Philadelphia Inquirer saying, quote, anytime you have bad body language from a leader like that, other guys see it and it's not good. End of quote. Fine. I mean, you're not wrong. But that's not the reason why their season's ripping apart. Not much of a quote. No name either. But fair enough. Like I said, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But here's a quote with somebody who put their name to it. Jordan Mailata. In his actual voice on WIP, this is what he had to say this week.
1: So AJ's been great. He's been phenomenal. I mean, the guy organized an uh, offensive,
0: uh, what do you want to call it, uh, gathering before
1: the game. Um, for a couple days before the game, we had to had join, um, not, not even an offensive, the whole team. We had a whole team, like, escape room thing going on. But most of the guys showed up just, just to build camaraderie. And AJ, AJ's been phenomenal about that. He's been great behind the scenes. So, been been a great leader, man. Leading, by
0: example, working hard. First of all, big ups for using the word whatchamacallit. Haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, like, you hear that, and AJ really sounds like he's the problem. If anything, it sounds like he's the dude trying to keep the season afloat. Not the growler, but the season. He's the dude who cares. Maybe too much, right? Right. Let me say this. I'm pretty sure that an escape room is not the answer for Philadelphia. Escape room. Not for the Eagles. I'm pretty sure the escape room is not the answer for anybody. Escape room. If the escape room meant a room where they could go hide and not have to play any more games, then maybe. Otherwise, my sense, and I haven't been in one, because I don't want to be in one, my sense of the escape room Sorry to be the big buzzkill here. Escape room. Is it's one of those cheesetastic, corny-ass spots where you get locked in a room and you have to work together as a team and find the clues and figure out how to get out. You know, that sounds to me even worse than sitting through a Philadelphia Eagles game right now. Like, I know it's a team-building exercise, but for me... The only thing an escape room is building is a hatred for everybody else that's in that room. Escape room. And an even greater hatred for anybody who made me go into that room. And anyone who thinks that that is somehow a good time or a fun time, I hate them too. Hate's a strong word. Yeah, I don't want to use hate. I retract that. I disdain you greatly. The escape room. DJ, DJ would love that now. DJ likes things like that. DJ, DJ loves board games. Not a big fan of that. DJ would love a Friday night. Hey, hey, there's this thing. You know what the new hot thing is? Escape rooms. Escape rooms. You know, where eight couples come together. Ah. Ah. Come on, man. Come on, Jim. You'd be great at this. Jimmy, I'm Jimmy. I'm Jimmy to DJ. Jimmy, you you could be like. The the team leader of the escape room. I I want an escape life. I want a way out of this life if I have to go into the escape room. The escape room, see, but my point is, AJ's trying. I just don't think that that's what's ailing them. That's not fixing what's ailing them. Nor is Nick Sirianni rock, paper, and scissoring these dudes to success. Nor is he reminding them paper, that less thinking, thinking less thinking equals talent takeover. That's not gonna takeover. fix it. They're circling the bleeping drain. Where's the camera? Their season has gone to hell. And there's a lot of reasons for it, but AJ Brown isn't one of them. You don't go from alleged Super Bowl favorite to wild card flameout because your star receiver is putting up Pro Bowl numbers. And has some pretty bad body language and a bad answer to the media after a horrible loss. Philly fan, I know you're looking to fight somebody right now. I get it. AJ's not your dude, and I know you know that. And the fact that this guy even had to address it to me is unbelievable. Unbelievable. An escape room. What, did the trust falls not work?
1: Escape room.
0: Did somebody not catch somebody, and did they crack their head open? After the Seahawks lost, did y'all go paintball and Did that not work? Did we do our scavenger hunt? Did we bowl? Did we have the ceremonial burial of the football? Did we lock the entire team in the gymnasium for forty-eight hours? An escape room. I'd want to escape this life. Escape room. Joel Harm seventy-three is in. You tried to flush me a bit, but I just kept floating right back up in the jungle. Sincerely, the Juice, the Menendez Bros, geoff and Mama Cass. Hey, geoff how do you feel about that? geoff. You are as much of a menace to society as the Juice and the Menendez bros. Oh, three Three people responsible for killing multiple people, G-Off. That's how you're viewed in the jungle. Hypothetical. As a serial killer. Hey, Romy. Oh. There will be no growler floating on my watch. Regards... Matt in L.A., handing a deuce from a clogged commode, signed G-Off. You're welcome. You see, G-Off, this is why they include you with the juice and the Menendez bros. Brother. Chris Carpenter's in. Quote, give me a at-Browns, the at-Lions Super Bowl, the Midwestern, blue-collar, Redneckery descending upon Vegas is exactly what my 2024 needs. That would be incredible. That would be absolutely incredible. I don't see that happening, but that'd be incredible. I know both sets of those fans. That would be amazing. And I will be in Vegas that week. So I'd love to see it. All right. When we come back, one more segment. You know what I need? Some ATPs. It should be easy. I'm about to look ahead to Monday night. Michigan v. Washington. Who you got? Is the Michigan men year of scandal going to go their way? Man, they will be insufferable. They will have the ultimate how you like us now. Until their coach walks off as soon as it's over. In fact, as soon as their coach walks off, as soon as it's over, no matter what happens. Michigan man, are you going to finish this? Washington is just playing that disrespect card, and I love it. It's just more fuel for them. Get that ATP in here. First one of the year. Don't forget, I've got the Jim Ron podcast, which is coming up after the program. Kurt Warner is going to be my guest. ATP is the Ask the Pros brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. What you want to do is think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Brian in Erie writes Romy, what type of Stogie? Were you puffing on at the lake? I bet Woody owns a cigar shop up there, doesn't he? You know what? I'm kind of embarrassed to say I don't know. I don't know. Went into the market and went into the liquor department. Found one of the more expensive ones. And just did that. Didn't have a plan. Just grabbed one. It's pretty lame, I know. Woody does not own a cigar shop. Woody owns lots of things. Woody, actually, my dude, he leaned out, man. My man was not playing around. Like, he cut all sugar. And when I say he cut all sugar, I don't mean, like, processed stuff. I mean, like, he won't eat fruit. Like, he wants no sugar. I said, how do you feel? He said, incredible. Incredible. So he looked great. He leaned out. He does not own a cigar shop. Hey, Rome, you mentioned you're on Cameo. When making requests that are typically banned show fodder topics, are they fair game? I've got a friend who could really use a subtle push to join the JN Nation. Thanks. Pat in Chicago on Wisconsin. Hey, Pat, you are not the only one who has thought that. You are not the only one who has tried that. Here's the thing. When it comes to Cameo, I am on Cameo. And you know me. I always say know your room. Know your room. There are certain things that I can do and say in certain places that I can't do and say. The thing about cameo is this. Don't think that because we're over there, I'll do things that I won't do here. Because I know that you may take that cameo and push it out someplace where we'll end up in another room. However, there are certain things that I do there that I won't do here. I'm not saying that that makes the JN Nation fair game. I am saying that a number of you have hit me up on Cameo trying to get me to roast somebody and push them towards that nation. In fact, that's what Cameo is generally. I get some, you know, I'm there for motivational messages, inspirational messages, but more often than not, it's you looking to get me and a lot of happy birthdays, you know, Merry Christmas, happy anniversaries, but I'm going to say that 80% of them are people trying to get me to light one of their other friends up. And almost 100% of the time, I'll do it. Within reason. As long as it's all in fun. But if you want something like that, you can hit me up on Cameo. There is a price to be paid. Just keep that in mind. If that's not for you, that's cool. Hi, Jim. Where did that sweetheart soundbite come from? Thanks and Happy New Year. Bella? Bella? Really? You don't know the answer to that question. That's impossible for me to believe. This one?
1: Sweetheart.
0: You really don't know where that came from? Sweetheart. Only one of the greatest movies ever. Only one of my favorite movies of all time. Sweetheart. Total Recall. That's Sharon Stone. After all, we're married. Considered at a divorce. Considered at a divorce. Bella, I'm shocked you didn't know that. That is one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite scenes where she had been setting him up and he finally realized it. And then when he realized it, he was going to handle it. And then she tried to get out of it with Sweetheart.
1: Sweetheart, be reasonable. After all, we're married.
0: And then he put a slug in her forehead. And say, consider that a divorce. You have to understand, when Arnold was the biggest star in the world and was known for his one-liners, that was one of the all-time one-liners. It still is, actually, if you ask me. Consider
1: that a divorce.
0: He shot her in the head. Consider that a divorce. Consider that a divorce. And that was when Sharon Stone was in her heyday. She was great. She's got all these crazy, like, action moves, karate moves, and she's just kicking him blasting him in the package, going upside his head. And then he put her down. (laughs) Bell, I'm shocked you didn't know that. Pimp in the Box, a show production question. What time does the XR4TI show up to the office and what time do they typically leave, yourself included? Interested in how much prep time you guys put into the production of the show on a weekly basis as I know the work starts way before... And way before and way after 9 to 12 Pacific. A long-time listener, 1996, Chad in Houston. We're pretty regimented. It kind of goes like this. In terms of the XR4TI and what time we all get in, virtually the same time every single day. Tommy opens up the shop at 5 a.m. I get in at 5.30. Jack Savage is in at 5.55 to 6. Albie's in at 6.30. In terms of when do we leave, when the work is done, except Jack, he's on the 1201 train. Just kidding, Jack. Sort of. (laughs) Now, that's we come in essentially as early as you can. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we could come earlier, but then that would mean me coming in before I could get my nitro because Starbucks is not open earlier. You got to sleep at some point. And we work in the evenings. You have to understand that. Like, we come in early. Tom's here at 5 for a 9 o'clock start. I'm here at 5.30 for a 9 o'clock start. It's always been that way. But you have to understand that we have post-production, and we have podcasts, and we have other show business, but we work every night from home. Hey, he asked. I'm, I'm not looking for any, any props or any whatever. Hey, believe me, I wish I was smarter and more talented than I am and didn't have to work like that. It's just, that's the only way I know. And then, because that's the only way I know, that's the culture and the team and what we do. Mr. Rome, did you make any New Year's resolutions? Respectfully, Edward Marino from madondo Beach. Yes, Eddie, you know I did. Lots of them hey Rome I'd rather watch a full NASCAR race on TV with cautions than do an escape room Amber in Wrightwood War Lady Clones War
1: Lady Clones
0: at Shark Attack Mountain rights. escape room interesting have you tried an escape well I'm not doing that how long ago did that happen And no, we don't need to put any cones around that well. It happened in 1987. 1987. 1987. I was barely even doing this show. Like, I I started this show like in 87. And yet, I'm getting that. Hey, Rome, why do not they just wrap around one of those ugly pool fences around that well? I don't know. Why do you keep bringing it up? Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts, and they will install them for free. See better, drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stop by today or learn more at OReillyAuto.com. Well, some of us did our job. I did. The XR4TI did. My guest did. Mike Silver and Mark Pope. And some of you clones did. Got Kurt Warner coming up a little bit later on, episode 295, the Jim Rohn podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Tomorrow we will have a beef day. In the meantime, have a great hump day. See you tomorrow. We're out.
1: Hump day.